In the news today, we'll hear all about the opening of Croc Drop as Sam reports live from Chessington World of Adventures. Also, is the Ultimate really closing forever? There's been an article in the Yorkshire Post which suggests that it may not reopen, uh, which is very sad news. And finally, the London Resort has shown some concept art of Base Camp, which basically looks like Jurassic Park, but they don't have the Jurassic Park IP, so it's a little bit confusing. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that. So, let's get going with the news. I'm joined today again by Sam and Brett. So, Brett, how are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. And Sam, how are you doing? Yeah, very good, thank you. Ryan, how are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. And I understand that you've been to Chessington World of Adventures recently in the last couple of weeks. How did you find your visit? Yeah, yeah. So I went last Monday for the opening day of probably one of the UK's coolest flat rides now uh, for Croc Drop, which is a FBS Visa drop tower. Now, it's not just any drop tower because this is one highly, highly themed immersive experience that combines audio, storytelling, special effects and an enormous crocodile rockwork sculpture deity thing it's fantastic and it's it's great and so i went down to chessington to check it out uh, last monday and i i recorded live from the park actually well say no more sam let's go to you live from the park right got to join in doing this we've got to do a wayne's world thing Sam, do you know what he's doing wayne's world wayne's world excellent When's world? Come on. Hi, Ryan. Well, I am outside Croc Drop. It's looking absolutely incredible. You can probably hear the audio behind me. It is a massive, massive structure. It's towering right above the park. And you can see it actually from when you walk up through the Africa area. It is phenomenal. Honestly, towering across the park. Now, it is FPS Visa, as we all know. Um, and it is about 25 meters high, which is around about 80 feet. So tall enough for little ones and still thrilling for the preteens here at Chessington. But let's talk about the actual theming and the area of the ride itself. Now, there is so much detail here that just can't be missed. I mean, you can kind of see in the entrance here, straight away, they've got the music going, they've got the kind of Egyptian theme happening, they've got a lovely croc drop photo point outside the front, um, obviously with the main structure of croc drop, of the, of the, of the actual ride itself uh, being the centre point in the pit where Ramesses Revenge used to be. Lots of hieroglyphs happening, that green, dark green colour scheme that we've seen as well happening around is absolutely fantastic, it creates such a good atmosphere. Anyway, I'm about to join the line and I'll let you know what my thoughts are as we move on further. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, let's talk about that ride. So that was absolutely phenomenal. 
So starting from entering the show building, I mean, immediately you're surrounded by more of that Egyptian high quality theming. You know, we're not just talking vinyl here that's kind of stuck flat 2D theming. Oh no, this is proper stonework, rockwork style theming inside the station with lots of lights. One thing that really stood out to me for this ride was just the fantastic music that was throughout. I mean, we know Nick Hudson obviously was, was behind the magic of that and we've seen his incredible work in, in theme parks across the country already. But it really stood out, the, the, the attention to detail here within the music. It was all very sort of passe and relaxing, moving through the queue line. And then as soon as you enter that kind of pre-show um, area or, or moment with, with, the, with the smoke and them explaining the story behind the ride, spirits have arisen within this mighty temple of Sobek to release the curse you must brave the drop it slowly intensifies and becomes a bit more dark and then as you go into the actual ride station itself and you take your seat it really really builds up and it kind of pounds away over and over <laughs> And it's incredibly, it's incredibly atmospherical, um, a bit spooky, you know, pounds, pounds it round and um, really, really builds that adrenaline up for when the gondolas start to rise and you actually do do the drop itself. It's honestly phenomenal. Uh, you've got to give it a go. I can't recommend coming down to Chessington and then giving this a try. Honestly, it's fantastic. But Ryan, I mean, I think I'm going to need to sit down after that. So I'm going to go and get myself a burger and continue my day here. But get yourself down to Chessington and try out the crop drop. I promise you, you won't regret it. Right. Thanks for that, Sam from the past. Um, <laughs> now we're joined by present Sam, who probably by the time you listen to this will be past Sam again if that makes any sense. We need to kind of work this out because it's a little bit confusing. This, this is getting trippy. Yeah, this is all over the place. <laughs> have so we just that, worked out time travel? Is that... I think we might have just worked it out on the Theme Battle <laughs> podcast. So Alton Towers, if you're listening, and we know that you love our ideas, <laughs> then um, time travel. Uh, I'm just saying. Um, so Sam, now you've had uh, a week or so to reflect from your your visit, and um, you know, obviously your ride on Croc Drop. Is there anything else you want to to share and and tell us about? I mean, I think I kind of covered everything there, but I, you know, to to re-emphasize, uh, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It's a phenomenal credit to the park. It fits in perfectly to the Forbidden Kingdom area of the park. It is such an incredible addition in terms of that visual skyline that we always know that every every theme park has their own skyline well this is just another element to that which is humongous so chessington should be so proud of having such a unique storytelling and visually strong flat ride on their hands and it's it's such a compliment and i think everyone should should uh, go out to, to visit it and one thing that i also want to really quickly mention new to chessington this year because i didn't mention it in uh, the trip report because i was trying to focus on crop drops only but that is the kind of the new edition or or rebranding if you like of their 
um, pirate ship. So uh, Chesterton had a very, very famous pirate ship, uh, arguably one of the best pirate ships in the UK called the Black Buccaneer. Um, that was very intense back in the day and, and still still was to, until the day it kind of closed. And unfortunately, it kind of came to the end of its life. So uh, they kind of took a took a break away from from pirate ships for the for the previous season and then this season they've actually just brought in a brand new pirate ship which they've called the blue barnacle um i haven't actually ridden it uh, personally but uh, it looks fantastic and it's said to be just as intense as the uh, black buccaneer so definitely check that out if you're heading to the park not to be missed two brand new flat rides to the park uh, and both equally massively strong and great additions uh, to the lineup. I love a good pirate ship, but how? See, my favourite pirate ship in the UK is the Bounty at Drayton Manor. How does it compare to the Bounty? Would you say? I, I mean, when it was Black Buccaneer, I, I was, I wasn't, I was yet to find anything that was as intense on the end, on the end seat as Black Buccaneer, and that was as high, um, because you'd seriously, you know push out of your seat and fly up and it was you really really went high brett actually um brett's got a really interesting history with chessington but i'll let him explain all that in perhaps now or, or in another time but what was your thoughts on black buccaneer yeah i actually thought it was probably one of the better of the the one thing i i would say is i haven't been on the one at drayton manor uh simply because whenever i've been there it's been a fairly busy day and, you know, if I'm queuing an hour for Shockwave, I'm not going to queue an hour for a pirate ship. But the uh, it actually, the one at Drayton Manor does look really good. I like that it's on the water as well. Uh, I like that they've, you know, seen that this, the Black Buccaneer was actually a really well-loved ride. And they've obviously looked at that space and gone, right, we can't actually do much else with it. So let's just essentially upgrade. Uh, I do like that Chessington have done that and... It just goes in line with that same family, really well done kind of flat rides and family coasters. Chessington overall is just such a great, a great theme park. So moving to the other side of London, the London Resort have announced, well, they've not announced, but they've shared some concept art of base camp that they call it. Looks a lot like Jurassic Park kind of concept art, probably something that Universal would do. There's been an article done by a Blue Loop because I think they were they were talking at a Blue Loop event about this base camp area, and they basically suggested that there would be two roller coasters. But in the different concept art that we've seen, there actually seems to be a few different roller coasters. We can see one that looks a bit like a Vicoma kind of family uh, suspended coaster, one that looks a bit like a Vicoma family boomerang, and then another piece of concept art. Basically, it's it's a B and M track. Um, like a like a flawless kind of coaster. So, what do we think about this concept art from London Resort? Do we does it make you any more excited about the prospect of of the park? Personally, I'm really excited to have a destination, a true destination style theme park come to the UK. Now, that's not, I'm not trying to discredit the theme parks that we've currently got because they are you know resorts in their own right. Alton Towers Resort is you know a destination in terms of on a on a nationwide and perhaps european scale um but to have 
strong like movie style ips international studios coming in uh paramount as we know as well as bbc and itv and stuff it is going to be a massive massive project for us to have and really exciting for us to have in the uk my only cause of concern with this is that by going down a dinosaur theme of this base camp area i feel like everyone is gonna draw immediate comparison of course to Jurassic Park and Jurassic World and obviously the the Universal Parks. Now, it's going to be very hard to... They're going to have to do something totally unique to draw draw themselves away from that to make it feel like a totally different uh, feel. But it's like... It's almost, uh, just in in every sense of it, is very, very similar. You know, a kind of lost continent um, kind of camper islandy kind of feel which are all kind of themes that are found throughout the Jurassic Jurassic World and uh, Jurassic Park areas of Universal so I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how they manage that uh, discrepancy and, and keep that difference to make their land distinctly different from Jurassic Park or Jurassic World do you guys get what I kind of mean yeah so I think they've called this this area is it base camp am I right yeah, that's right. Base camp. That's what it's called at the moment. Blue Loop called it Dino Land, um, but I think they've actually called it Base Camp as far as I can tell. So, yeah, I don't think this was a great move by the park. I, I, I never really like to be pessimistic on this podcast, really. But of all of the things I think they could have released to make us more excited, to get more investors in, etc. Uh, which I assume is is the only reason they're really releasing these images. Um, I wouldn't have chosen a complete non-IP, essentially what looks to be a copy of Jurassic Park-style area, when all they've spoken about so far is how they've got all of BBC, they've got of all these different things, they've even uh, teased Star Trek stuff in the past, and now they've kind of gone, oh, we're, we're getting really close now. Here is Dino Land. I, I, and, and then on it is some questionable family coasters with mm, fairly minimal theming in comparison to, to other destination theme parks. Um, so I don't think it was a great move from the park. I think a lot of people will see this now and go, oh, we've waited years and years and years for them to not even start construction. And now we see that this might be the final, this is the final kind of concept artwork. What what are we? What have we been waiting for? I think probably what's happened here is that they've probably not signed contracts yet to be able to actually use an IP, you know, in promotional material. But I think, you know, if, if they were able to show you know, a Doctor Who Dalek coaster or like a dark ride, an immersive dark ride or show, or if they were able to show a Star Trek spaceport or something like that, I think that would have captured the imagination a little bit more. So I think they're just kind of on a bit of a fine line at the moment where they're having to show this is the kind of scale that we're going for. I feel like we're not going to see this. If the, if the park does ever open, I don't think we're going to see this dino land. Because why would you create a whole land based on something that isn't an IP and is actually very close to an existing IP, which they don't actually have? Surely you would use those IPs that are going to presumably 
uh, be available to you at the time of opening. Yeah, I think the the way they've gone about, I think they have already teased actually a Star Trek area and stuff like that. So we have already seen images along those lines. I think that these these images we've seen today of kind of a dinosaur style area are a bit more uh, mature. They they seem a bit more like the final idea than what we originally saw. But I just think that to really get someone especially an enthusiast grasped in on this seeing a, a family Vekoma boomerang coaster in amongst some trees isn't isn't going to really excite anyone uh, there was obviously that other image of potentially a B&M coaster in the background it appeared to be a B&M flawless I couldn't quite pinpoint the exact coaster that was used in the images but again we, we can't really take much from concept art because concept artwork is just a general idea the the artist that did these didn't know a layout of the coaster they didn't know what coaster they were would be building there they might actually have a b&m flawless coaster for all we know in in, in the planning but i think what they've done so far is just give a general idea of, of what it could look like and unfortunately i i don't think it's landed as much as the hype has given up to it so far I think it would be definitely interesting to see as we get closer to potentially the park opening what more concept art we're going to see and, and how the theming and, and the various lands are going to evolve because so far this is the first look into proper concept art, recent concept art that's actually gone into land specifics. Up until now I'm pretty sure we've seen um, like we saw the aerial shots and a couple of years ago, it wasn't last year, they did the kind of rough lands, but it was all, there wasn't any of the specifics where you could technically see kind of coaster track. Um, but then with the specifics comes the bit of the confusion, like we mentioned, and like you just said, Brett, where you have multiple different coasters. So you're just a bit like, well, which one is fact and which one is kind of decoration to the image, right? So whether there's going to be a Vekoma Junior Boomerang or hopefully a, a B&M, you know, flawless or something cool like that. It'll be it'll be interesting to see as it develops. But um, yeah, it was certainly a bit of an interesting interesting choice. I feel. But then, I'm not a theme park designer, so who am I to know, right? Okay. So the final piece of news is that there's now some stronger rumours now that the ultimate may in fact be closed forever. And if you don't know, the Ultima is uh, a roller coaster located at Lightwater Valley in the north of England and uh, is actually Europe's longest coaster. It's an incredibly uh, unique ride, um, takes place on, on a lot of terrain. Uh, the second part of the ride actually basically goes through a, a woodland in, in a valley. A very unique coaster for the UK, but Lightwater Valley have chosen now to go in a bit more of a younger children family direction. And unfortunately, it looks like the Ultimate may not have a place in, in that market. So what's our reaction to this article in the Yorkshire Post, which is almost suggesting that the Ultimate may in fact be gone forever now? My initial reaction was sadly expected. I've never been on the Ultimate. We spoke about it in a previous podcast that we would love to go. And if they were to get rid of it, how amazing would it for them to open it up for a weekend? You know, so enthusiasts can finally get a last ride on it. However, I just don't see them doing that. I think that now this coast has been shut for a couple of years nearly. The maintenance to get it back open is going to cost more than just scrapping it. 
and I do think that they might just go along those lines. Uh, I don't think it's going to be in the part's best interest, money-wise, to open it up for a final weekend so so Joe Bloggs from Wales can go on it because he didn't do it that one time when he went over to Yorkshire. Yeah, I regrettably say that I think this will probably be the end of it. I really hope it isn't, though. It, it's such a unique, crazy roller coaster. I'm going to be really gutted um, if, if, if it goes away forever because uh, I don't know, going up to Yorkshire last year was my first time in that part of the country and I don't know why it took me such a long time to go. But we didn't visit like Water Valley because of um, I can't remember why we didn't visit it, but we did. We didn't visit the park, and uh, the ultimate I don't even think was open last year anyway. And um, it was it, if it closes now, and I I could have and I just I'll kick myself because I'll think of all those times I could have gone up and given it a, given it a whirl because it is totally weird and unique. I would of course. Just like you said, I, I would I would be that Joe Boggs that would love that reopening weekend just to give it one more whirl and to say goodbye. I would love for them to do that. Um, but just like you said, Brett, they're not going to do it if it doesn't make financial sense. Um, oh, man, I, it would be so sad to see it go. I really, really, really hope it doesn't. But that's a very selfish point of view. That's just from a point of view that I just want to ride it. Um, one time oh. I think one thing we have to take away from the whole Covid situation is that we can't expect anymore these you know amazing events and they, they can't really we can't assume that these parks are going to go out of their way to do that because after the accident that they actually had on, on the Spinning Wild Mouse Coaster there not, not long ago the park has obviously been in general decline anyway. Immediately after that, COVID had hit. And I think they have now got to a point where financially they just have to stick with what's keeping people in the park. And unfortunately, that is just young families at the minute. Who knows? They, they might keep it up and, and in the future bring it back if they could ever maintain it enough. I just feel like a ride that is... It's fairly old now as well, but also a ride that was designed by a rail company and made in the middle of a forest because some guy drawn the the layout on the back of a napkin. It, I don't think that that is going to be an easy thing to keep alive in terms of maintenance. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Lightwater Valley, in terms of being a, a park for thrill seekers, has definitely been on decline for at least the last you know tw- fifteen years, maybe even 20 years um and it, and just trying to keep trying to keep up with you know even flamingoland is is beyond them in in many ways um they definitely can't keep up with somewhere like alton tower so so where do you go you either fill the park with you know second-hand traveling roller coasters a, a bit like what flamingoland had to do in the 90s you know when they brought in magnum force and, and the bullet you know maybe they could do that but is there any guarantee that that would actually attract anyone? Um, that part of Yorkshire, um, there's not loads and loads of competition in terms of a real young family destination. Uh, I think the nearest Gulliver's, there's one potential, well, there is one that's going to be opening uh, near Rotherham. I think it has opened now. 
But really, in terms of the small, younger family market, Flamingo Land is a good option because they have the zoo, but there's a lot of thrill rides there as well. But in terms of somewhere where you would take very young children, maybe not a lot of competition. So perhaps they've cornered a piece of the market which will be good for them. I just worry a little bit because this is a direction that obviously American Adventure went down when they decided to you know, be be a family part. I think the difference is with American Adventure is I think they always had a big reputation of being a place for thrill seekers. I mean, the missile, I mean, it's a, it's a boomerang coaster, which today is, you know, it, it's not really anything to behold. Um, however, back then when it first arrived at American Adventure, I think it was voted, you know, one of the best roller coasters in, in Europe, you know, or, or beyond. Um, because that was the technology at the time, but they never could quite keep up. They lost the Nightmare Niagara log flumes and uh, the rapids, and uh, they had the Super Looper. Uh, well, I think it was the Iron Wolf at one point, I think it was, uh, American Adventure. And they decided to go down. So I think maybe at American Adventure it was a bit of a jarring change. I think at Lightwater Valley it's probably not been seriously seen as a place for thrill seekers, probably you know, for a number of years now, really, despite having a few of the thrill rides. So I, ho- I hope it makes sense and I hope it keeps the park open. And uh, But I really hope that they can find a way to keep the Ultimate open. But it doesn't really seem to fit. If if they're getting rid of Eagle's Claw, where's where's the place for the Ultimate? You know, if, if you're taking really young children and, you, and you're saying to your young child, or let's go on the safari adventure, let's go on the tiny train, let's go on the caterpillar coaster, or now let's go on Europe's longest roller coaster. <laughs> it doesn't really it doesn't really fit, does it, unfortunately? Um, so yeah, so I'll be really sad to see it go if, if it is, uh, unfortunately, going to close as suggested. Any more from you guys? Uh, I'm, uh, you've summed that up wonderfully. Right, okay, so so I think that pretty much brings us to the end of the new show then. So before we uh, finish, uh, Brett, do you want to remind everyone where they can find you on the interwebs? Yeah, you can find all my theme park related stuff at Theme Parks by Brett on Instagram, where I do all my artwork and I can start posting more photos from theme parks as well now, which is nice. Okay, and uh, last but not least, uh, Sam? Yep, you can keep up to date with everything going on over on our Instagram at Coaster Sam blog, where you can check out our news articles, our opinion pieces, our reviews, uh, and also follow along with our theme park trivia game show, which is on our IGTV and YouTube channel as well, at Coaster Sam blog to follow along with the fun. Yeah, and uh, before we finish up though, um, where which theme parks are we going to be seeing you guys in next? I'm hoping to get to Alton Towers in the next maybe couple of weeks. I know that uh, my work before we start opening back up towards the end of May. I know they wanted to try and do a bit of a work kind of outing uh, to Walton Towers if we could do that on the 10th of May. But I'm f- hoping I can go, you know, with people that will understand my constant nerd talk before then. Are you, are you going to go with non-enthusiasts and, and point at roller coasters and they're all going to get a bit confused and a bit concerned? Yeah, I'll I'll say like, oh, let's go on Nemesis, and they'll be like, oh, I've not been on the Nemesis before. How how high is the vertical <laughs> drop on it? And then I'll kind of probably just leave them or something. What if to start talking to you about Hill Time? Well, then then I'll completely understand that we're in the wrong park and we accidentally went to Blackpool. <laughs> 
and, and Sam and Sam, where we're going to be seeing you next? Yeah, I'm going to be catching some sweet, sweet hill time um, over at Thorpe Park, I think, um, and Lego. So I'm actually going to be uh, st- staying down south for for a little bit because next month there's the opening of Mythica with the Flying Theatre at Legoland and also uh, Black Mirror as well, which is opening at Thorpe Park. So I'm going to be trying to go to both of those openings possibly on the same day um because i live sort of right in the middle of all of it so i can sort of hop and pounce between the two and um, which is my plan so they're definitely probably going to be my next theme park trips where i'm going to be vlogging and documenting and probably doing some more audio bits for you ryan yeah we'll have some more live reports on the podcast that'll be good Brilliant. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. Remember, if you're listening to this uh, on your favorite podcast app, remember to click subscribe or click follow. But in the meantime, that's been the Theme Park Looper News. (laughs) 